Um, it's a busy time of year. <laughs> um, you know, we got Christmas coming up the day after tomorrow. Um, tomorrow's Christmas Eve, so here in Europe, um, it's a little different. They do like all the present opening and gifting tomorrow. Um, you know, versus in the U.S., where you know presents are opened on the morning of the twenty-fifth, uh, usually. But regardless, you know, because most of the people listening to this are not kids. Um, you know, so it's all really just about being with your, you know, friends, family, loved ones, whatever. Um, I wish we did have some snow. I haven't had a white Christmas in a really, really long time. Um, looks like it's going to be a soggy and wet Christmas here in Germany. It's been raining for like the last two or three days. Um, it's not really getting below freezing, which is good, but it does kind of suck not having a white Christmas. You know, it's just something that I guess I got used to, you know, living in New York. And, you know, I've had a couple, I would say it was in the last probably 10 years, but um, nothing recently. I know I can definitely think the last two or three Christmases, definitely there was no snow whatsoever. Um, but yeah, the year's coming to an end also. 2019 was a great year for for football. Um, I mean, it's a really good year. It's, you know, a lot of big competitions that happened this, this past summer and, you know, earlier in the year. A lot of great goals, a lot of great matches. A lot of, you know, just um, impressive individual performances from players. A lot of drama, you know, with coaching and signings and transfers and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, I can't believe the year is over. 2019 seemed to, like, fly by. I think as I've gotten older, it's always it's always been like that. Like, you know, when I was younger, maybe because I was in school and the school year seemed to drag on and I don't know. But... Now as an adult, it seems like one day, you know, you're celebrating coming into the new year and then, you know, the next thing you know, it's the summer. And then here we are with a week left in, in the decade, you know, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty wild. I don't know, but, um, onto the football. So Stuttgart continues to disappoint. Um, they are you know, ending the year not on a bad note. I mean, they had a 2-2 draw against Hanover. Um, they're playing on the road. Um, Stuttgart right now is still um, holding on to the third spot um, in the league. Um, so I guess I can't really complain. Um, right now, it's Arminia Bielefeld is on top in the Stuttgart, and Hamburg are tied on points with 31, um, while Arminia Bielefeld is uh, three points ahead. You know, I guess at the end of the year, this isn't a bad place for them to be at. Um, they are in the promotion playoff spot, but Heidenheim is only one point behind them. And then Eskeberger Au is only two points behind Stuttgart. So uh, I think their problem is that it seems like in the last three game, three, four games, they've given up goals too early, like within the first 15 minutes. And, you know, once that happens, you have to totally, completely change up your... Uh, your tactics and you know your plan goes out the window um, once that happens, and it just seems like that it happens entirely too too often for them. Uh, so they're playing from behind a lot instead of playing you know where it's level or even a goal up, which it just doesn't seem like this season they've they've had. I mean, early on they did, but um, within the last like two months, there hasn't been really too many opportunities where they're playing you know ahead with a you know by at least one goal. And I mean, that's just not a good position for teams to be, you know, especially if you're trying to, if you're fighting for promotion, um, to be in where you're constantly behind because you've given up an early goal. Um, 
you know, hopefully that that'll change. But uh, you know, hopefully the new year will bring. I don't know something better for them. They they basically have a month off because you know here in Germany they do the uh, the month long winter break because um, it it will get really really cold um, and then they'll come back uh, like the last week or shortly after the halfway point in January and you know there'll be some games where there's going to be some snow on the ground. We might see the orange or the yellow ball come out um, and then February is usually ridiculously cold <laughs> and then you know it starts to kind of warm up and you know go from being like cold and dry to cold and wet in um in March and yeah I, I didn't get a chance to go to a cold weather game um you know for this part of the season um maybe I'll catch one you know January or February time frame hopefully you know hopefully Stuttgart can get back into the top spot um, I don't know we'll see but uh yeah I, I get, they didn't end the, the year on a bad note I mean yeah they dropped points but at least they got a point in their last match so I'm going to move on. Um, Club World Cup. Um, I know a lot of people, I'm sure the ratings for the Club World Cup have been terrible. I think once the, uh, the new format comes up uh, in 2021, you know, it'll be a little bit more um, friendly to viewers. It'll be a little bit more important. The atmosphere will be a little, be- a little bit better. There'll be more teams, you know, more people following it because... Basically, with the current format, with these seven teams, if your team didn't win the Continental Championship, you really don't care about watching the uh, the Club World Cup. Um, and it's really, you know, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's like a not a good tournament, but um, I don't know, just the current format, I just don't, I don't like it. Um, but let's see, semifinals, you know, and as I've said before, this thing is designed for the South American and the European champions to meet in the final. And... Uh, let's see. So semifinal number one <clears throat> on the 17th of December, we have Flamengo playing against Al Hilal. Um, so that's the South American champions against the Asian champions. And Al Hilal, they came out and they scored the first goal in the 18th minute, which I know shocked a lot of Flamengo fans because I thought Flamengo fans were definitely going to think that they were just going to run over Al Hilal because uh, you know Flamengo's a, a really good team. Um, but you know, they had the lead, well, Hillel had the lead going into the half. And then Flamingo came out, they had, you know, the equalizer, like, shortly after halftime. And then, uh, you know, they got a insurance goal in the 78th minute. And then it was over, like, five minutes after that because Al-Hilal had an only goal. Actually, it was the only own goal of the uh, the entire tournament. And final score ended up being Flamingo 3, Al-Hilal 1. And then in the second semifinal, we had the... North American uh, champions, Monterey, playing against the European champions at Liverpool. Um, this is on the 18th of December. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody really expected Liverpool to, to have too much of an issue, but um, they came out and scored. Um, but, you know, it, they had, there were two goals in the game in the first 15, or yeah, first, first 15 minutes. Um, and I definitely don't think Liverpool was expecting to, for Monterey to, to kind of be right there with them. Um, and you know, it stayed like that for the majority of the game. And then Firmino had to come in and basically save his team. He scored in, you know, the 90th plus one. And, um, yeah, I mean, the final ended up being exactly what everybody hoped that it would be Flamingo against Liverpool. You know, Flamingo's coming off that big, uh, Copa America win, um, recently while Liverpool, they were crowned champions of Europe back in what June, May or June. Um, 
And then this game, uh, Jurgen Klopp put in his like the best team for uh, for Liverpool because they really wanted to win this. I don't know how much the team that wins, uh, what the the amount of money is that they get, but um, this game went into extra time, and Firmino scored in the 99th minute, and uh, that was it. I mean, Firmino basically came in and saved Liverpool twice uh, in this tournament. And Liverpool are now the club world champions, basically. Um, not basically, they are. So um, now they're going to get their nice little badge that they get to wear on their uh, on their kit that Real Madrid has had for, like, what, three years now? Um, so Real Madrid will be without it now. I think in their next match they'll play without it. Um, but it's weird because in England, I guess they're not allowed to wear it in the Premier League. Um, and then if they want to wear it, like in the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup, they have to apply to wear it. But for the Champions League matches, they can wear it. It's it's really weird. But um, I've seen a lot of Liverpool fans really excited about being able to wear that on their badge. You know, this was a big year for Liverpool. They won the the Champions League. They won the UEFA Super Cup, and they've won the uh, FIFA World Club World Cup. And I, I read somewhere this is the first time that a, an English team has ever won the international treble. If you want to call it that, the Champions League, the Super Cup, and the uh, the Club World Cup. So, you know, congrats to them. Um, you know, they had a they had an amazing year, and it looks like they are actually going to win the Premier League, also. So, uh, you know, congrats to them and their fans. I mean, they've been waiting for a long time. I don't want to jinx them, but it does look like they're going to win the Premier League too. So, um, speaking of which, moving on to the Premier League. Um, Arsenal has oh, they've just not not been a good team. Now they brought in Mikel Arteta from uh, from Manchester City. Um, you know, hopefully he can turn things around. I mean, you know, they still have you know a ways to go. Uh, Arsenal is not in the top six. Uh, and I don't know, they just haven't been playing well. Hopefully, you know, something can happen. And then Everton also. Um, they just brought in Carlos Carlos Ancelotti, which I never would have thought that he would go to to Everton. I mean, that to me is uh is, is shocking. Like Everton just doesn't seem like a big enough club for Ancelotti. I thought that you know he was in the running for for the Arsenal job, and you know I'm still surprised that he got you know sacked by Napoli. But um, Everton was hosting Arsenal. And both of these teams did not look good at all in this game. The game ended up being a 0-0 draw, but uh, it just did not look good. So hopefully, you know, once Ancelotti and Arteta can actually put, like, their foot into the team and, you know, put their focus, their their vision, their ideas, their tactics, you know, maybe maybe these teams will be playing a little bit better and, and the game will be a little bit more interesting than the 0-0 draw was because it was pretty bad. All right, let's see. Um, we had Tottenham hosting Chelsea. Um, it was Tottenham 0, Chelsea 2. Mourinho playing against you know one of his former clubs. Uh, Willian scored both the goals. He scored in the 12th minute, and then he had a penalty shortly after halftime. Um, but the, the sad part about this is that the scoreline wasn't like the, the, the big news of the, of the match. It was, again, racial abuse, which... You know, it seems like in England it hasn't really been a thing until this season. And now um, you have fans, they were abusing Rudiger and uh, Aspilicueta from Chelsea. So uh, 
Tottenham is saying now that they're going to, you know, they're going to inflict the, the, the severe punishment against the people. Rudiger, he's saying that it was only a couple of fans, that it wasn't, you know, all, everybody in, um, in the Tottenham Stadium. Um, he said that a bunch of fans reached out to him on social media afterwards. And, you know, he's not upset at the, the club or the team or whatever. He just doesn't understand how in 2019, you know, you have these fans that come spend their money to come watch a game. And because they're losing or whatever, they're going to, you know, throw racist chants at, at members of the other team just because they're black or, you know, whatever. And uh, I don't know. It, it's pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, this was something that <clears throat> seemed like it was contained mostly, at least this season, to, to Italy. Um, it has happened before, you know, in England at like some of the lower levels. But uh, that was the, the big news from this match it wasn't about Mourinho playing against his former team or how good William played or anything like that and it's it's sad but you know hopefully something happens hopefully these fans get banned for life and uh banned from the stadium for life and I don't know um but because of his words because of Rudiger's words I don't think that uh Tottenham themselves are gonna face any kind of like fine or penalty uh, because he said that it was just a few stupid fans. It wasn't, you know, like an entire section of ultras or whatever. It was just um, some dumbass fans. Um, all right, moving on. Shock match of the weekend. Uh, Watford 2, Manchester United 0. Um, that, that's a tragic loss for Manchester United. But uh, for Watford, you know, it's, it's pretty good. They've, they've needed uh, a win like this. You know, they've had, what, three different managers this year already um yeah this doesn't bode well for Ole gonna gonna show Solskjaer but uh I don't know I guess it's you know got a lot of matches coming up you know boxing day you know how December is for um Premier League teams but uh yeah I mean that that's just not a not a good uh good look for Manchester United I mean it was on the road but uh they they the talent they have on that team, they shouldn't be losing to Watford, especially the condition that Watford is in right now. Um, and then probably the biggest match of the week as far as, you know, the potential for, you know, shifting uh, points-wise. We had uh, Man City hosting Leicester City. And, you know, Man City put up three, Leicester put up one. And now... Leicester is only one point ahead of uh, Manchester City on points. Um, Man City is still, what, 11 points behind uh, Liverpool, but Liverpool have a game in hand, you know, because of the Club World Cup. Um, so they'll make up that game. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, everything that I'm hearing, you know, with Mikel Arteta leaving Man City, and then I keep hearing reports about Klopp, potentially leaving and you know talking about his replacements i've heard brandon rogers might leave lesser city and go to uh to man city but then there's also pochettino lurking saying that he wants to stay in england but right now there's no jobs open you know and he wasn't going to go to arsenal so uh, i'm hoping that i'm hoping that pep doesn't leave you know i think i don't know i like him as a coach and uh you know i think that's like the perfect fit for him he basically can build or not build but play and keep the team the way that he wants um but if he does leave i don't know where he'd go he has said that he's wanted to play or excuse me to coach in um in italy juventus i guess but uh i don't know we'll see i've also heard 
there's the potential for him to go back to Bayern Munich, which I would hate, absolutely, especially if Stuttgart gets promoted again. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But right now, Premier League table as it stands right now, uh, Liverpool's on top, 49 points. So they got a game in hand. Uh, Manchester City's in second with 39. Oh, excuse me, Leicester City. Is that what I said? Leicester City's in second with 39. Man City is in third with 38. Chelsea's in fourth with 32. Sheffield United in fifth with 28. And then Wolves in sixth with 27. So the day after Christmas, Boxing Day, there's like three big matches um, that I see as big matches. We got Leicester City hosting Liverpool. Uh, Wolves hosting Manchester City. And then Man United hosting Newcastle. So um, I'm probably going to, I don't know. I'll probably watch the Wolves Man City game, to be honest, if I watch any of them. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I'm really interested to see how Leicester's going to play against Liverpool because Liverpool, you know, they have to travel back from Qatar and, you know, they're coming off of their high from winning the Club World Cup. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that plays. And then, you know, obviously because Leicester just lost to Man City, they're, they drop points, so they're going to feel like they have something to prove against the league leaders. So, yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, moving on to the Bundesliga. All right. Um, we had Hoffenheim 2, Borussia Dortmund 1. Um, Dortmund scored, scored early, but then they gave up two late goals. Um, I mean, yeah, they're on the road, but there's no reason why Hoffenheim should be beating Borussia Dortmund. Um, see, Bayern Munich 2, Wolfsburg 0. Um, league leaders, <laughs> RB Leipzig 3, Augsburg 1. And then Hertha Berlin with Jurgen Klensmann. Um, zero former league leaders Borussia Dortmund zero so it's not a win for um, for Jurgen Klinsmann but uh, you know he's able to take away points from Borussia Dortmund who were on top of the league um, so right now in the Bundesliga this is after the first half of the season because they're not playing any more games in the Bundesliga until you know towards the end of January we got RB Leipzig in first place with 37 points Borussia Dortmund with 35 Bayern Munich with 33 uh, I said Borussia Dortmund. Sorry, Borussia Mönchengladbach in second with 35. Bayern Munich in third with 33. Um, Borussia Dortmund in fourth with 30. Schalke also with 30 in fifth. And then Bayer Leverkusen in sixth with 28 points. And just read a crazy stat that this is the first time since 2010 that a team other than Bayern Munich or Borussia Dortmund has been on top of the table at the end of basically the first half of the season going into the winter break. And right now it is RB Leipzig on top of the table, two points clear of former leaders, Borussia Mönchengladbach. So hats off to them. We'll see what happens with them. Hopefully they don't lose Timo Werner during the winter break uh, or the winter transfer market. I don't think so. I think he's going to end up staying until the end of the season before he leaves. But uh, I'm still so upset that he left Stuttgart and went to RB Leipzig. He's from Stuttgart, but Stuttgart needed the money because I don't know, they just weren't taking care of business like they should be. Um, all right, moving on to League 1, uh, French League, League 1. Um, we had Rennes 0, Bordeaux, or excuse me, Rennes 1, Bordeaux 0, Marseille 3, Nem 1, Monaco 5, Lille 1, and Monaco, surprisingly, they're in 7th place now. Like, they were at the bottom of the, the table, you know, two months ago. And somehow they've managed to claw their way up. They lost three straight games to start the season off. And now they're, they're right outside of the Europa League spot. Um, let's see. Nantes 
one, Angers two, Nice three, Toulouse zero. And this is crazy. The the manager for uh Nice, Patrick Vieira, Arsenal former Arsenal great. Um he was the the coach for NYCFC, the team that I follow in the MLS. And he left there, went to Nice. Then it was rumored that, you know, once um Unai Emery was fired from Arsenal, that Patrick Vieira was one of the names of people that was going to be, you know, um, potentially sought for the coach. Um, but then Arteta took the job. Now, David Beckham is saying that he wants Patrick Vieira to come to Inter Miami to be their first coach. Um, Vieira has just said, you know, he's committed right now to Nice. You know, he's not looking to move, but, you know, coaches say stuff like that all the time, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I think it would be kind of cool to see him and former teammate um, Thierry Henry, who is the, the coach for the Montreal Impact in the MLS, you know, to see them playing against each other. I think that'd be pretty cool. But why would you do that? You're in, you know, a pretty decent position right now with Nice. I don't know, moving to the MLS, the expansion team. Don't even know really who's going to be on the roster. That might not be a good, a good move for him. Um, Let's see, we have PSG 4, Amiens 1. Um, so here's the table at the end of the year. Uh, we get PSG on top with 45 points. They have a game in hand. Uh, Marseille's in second with 38. Rennes in third with 33. They also have a game in hand. Lille in fourth with 31. Nantes in fifth with 29. And Rem in sixth with 28. But they also have one game in hand that they have to make up all right so syria um we had sampdoria one juventus two and this is that match where you uh cristiano ronaldo he i think he was measured at like 2.83 meters when he jumped to get this header i mean it was ridiculous if you haven't seen that go on twitter youtube it i mean he jumped so high in the air and it seemed like he stayed in the air <laughs> for so long to score this goal that it was, it was absolutely ridiculous. It was one of the craziest things I think I've ever seen in a, in a match involving a header. I mean, you know, Ronaldo is about to turn, what, 35, 36? I think he's about to turn 36, 35. And just to see him do that, I mean, it was insane. Like, I, you know, people call on the question, him getting older and, you know, this, that, and the other, but obviously maybe his, his like, cardio or whatever is, is is affected maybe but his his like jumping ability is not i mean that goal was ridiculous i mean it was i don't think the the goalie thought that he was going to try to take that shot and then he literally jumped up in the air and was up in the air for a really really long time he actually hit the ball with his head while he was coming down and uh, it was it was insane just look that up all right um fiorentina one roma four Inter Milan 4, Genoa 0, Atalanta 5, AC Milan 0, uh, Sassuolo 1, Napoli 2. Um, so after 17 matches, uh, let's see, we got Inter Milan and Juventus on top, but they both have 42 points. Uh, Lazio is in third with 36 points. They have a game in hand. Um, Roma's in fourth with 35. Atalanta is in fifth with 31. And Caligiri is in sixth with 29. And I'm surprised at how well Atalanta's playing. Uh, maybe they got a boost because, you know, they made it to the knockout stages of the Champions League. 
Um, hopefully that doesn't affect them later on, <clears throat> affect them from, you know, staying in the top four um, or moving into the top four, I should say, for uh, for La Liga, or excuse me, Serie A, and trying to make it back to the Champions League next year. You know, they did get a pretty decent uh, draw because they're playing against Valencia. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully, you know, the league doesn't affect their Champions League play and vice versa because, you know, they're a good team to uh, to watch, and they're surprising a lot of people. Um, also, yesterday, we had the Supercoppa Italia, which was Juventus against Lazio. It was played in Riyadh, uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, and somehow, Lazio beat Juventus 3-1. to one. Um, Definitely didn't see that coming. Um, you know, Lazio's a pretty decent team, and I'm glad they moved up because I had them definitely in my top four for my predictions for the end of the, the league. And, uh, you know, I mean, they were able to frustrate Juventus. And, you know, there's video of Cristiano Ronaldo getting his second-place medal, which he was not happy with. As soon as he got it presented to him, he took it off. Did not look happy, wasn't shaking hands. He was he was just a, an upset character. So, all right, uh, moving on to La Liga. Um, I don't know if, how many of you guys watched that terrible, terrible El Clasico that was the makeup match because the, the previous date did... Uh, there's protests in um, Barcelona, so they had to move it. But it was probably one of the worst Clásicos I think I've ever watched. <laughs> um, not to take away anything from either team, it just didn't seem like, I don't know, it just wasn't good. I mean, I'm sure some people were excited, you know, 0-0 zero, zero draw in a big match like that. Um, you know, might be worth it, but I was not, I'm not going to say I wasn't impressed. It just didn't, uh, didn't seem like the match that it, that it should have been. Um, let's see, but for this match day, we had uh, Real Mallorca 0, Sevilla 2, Barcelona 4, Alaves, or Alves 1, Alaves, uh, Villarreal 1, Getafe 0, Real Valladolid 1, Valencia 1, Real Betis 1, Atletico Madrid 2, Real Madrid 0, Athletic Bilbao 0. So the table is after 18 matches, so basically this is winning the first half of the season. Um, we got Barcelona on top uh, with 39 points. Real Madrid in second after dropping two points because they drew with Athletic Bilbao with 37. Um, Sevilla is in third with 34. Atletico Madrid is in fourth with 32. Real Sociedad in fifth with 31. And Getafe is in sixth with 30. And Granada, who at one point were on top of the league, they have fallen down, I believe, to 11th or 12th. It's just crazy how... You know, six weeks can completely change your season, and they are they are nowhere to be found now. Um, yeah, I guess that's just how it is. Um, oh, I promised you guys. Um, actually, I'll do it at the end. Uh, but I promised you guys I was going to give you my team of the decade. But uh, I just want to do a quick like review of the 2019 year in football. Um, we had a lot of tournaments happen. You know. A lot of surprises, um, just a lot of overall, you know, quality competitions that have happened. Um, this was a big year for me because obviously I started this podcast, you know, something I never thought that I would do. I'm constantly talking about football and, you know, this is, was just a way for me to, uh, to be able to do that and get it out to more people, you know, engage in, you know, conversations with other people that I normally wouldn't, you know, besides my wife and, you know, my friends and, and family and my kids, um, so I'm sure they get 
completely tired of hearing me talking about it, watching it, asking if they saw this goal or, you know, if they saw this pass or, you know, whatever. Um, so for me, this was like a big, this is one of the biggest years for me in football because I'm actually, you know, doing something that involves football that I've never done before in my life and, you know, putting myself out there. But I've met and, you know, talked to a bunch of, you know, like-minded people, which is amazing to me. Um, you know, just being able to, you know, share in something that, uh, that I totally enjoy with people who have the exact same interests and, you know, who, who are at the same level as me, um, you know, doing their podcasts or, you know, even other podcasters that I've, that I've met, um, and, and talked to that are totally unrelated to football. Um, you know, just being able to share ideas and, you know, it, it's, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing year for me as far as, uh, as football and, you know, this podcast, um, but yeah, so this year in review, I want to do real quick. I'm just going to go over, you know, some of the big tournaments and, uh, you know, how they went. Um, so let's see, I'm going to start off with the, uh, the women's world cup from this year. Obviously, you know, my country won it, you know, they were favorites to go in anyway, uh, favorites to win it going in. Um, but you know, Megan Rapinoe and the women's team put on an amazing tournament. They scored a lot of goals. Um, you know, they just showed how dominant they are. Um, you know, a lot of the players are getting, you know, up there in age. Um, but, you know, there's there's others ready and willing to step in as soon as those players are ready to move on. And, you know, the U.S. team is going to be strong, you know, for, for many, many years. Um, just read, read something recently that said that the FIFA president, Johnny Infantino, is thinking about moving, or not, not moving, but changing the Women's World Cup to every two years versus every four years. Um and I think a lot of that too has to do with the fact that the some of the women's domestic leagues aren't as strong as the men. Um, I don't know how I haven't you know seen any opinions about how the women or what they think about that. Um, I don't know. Every two years it might be might be beneficial. They are expanding the next uh, next women's World Cup. They're gonna go from twenty four to thirty two teams. Um, you know, and then we got the Olympics coming up next year, which is always big for for women's football um but i don't know i don't know maybe we'll see maybe maybe the women don't want to do it every two years um but maybe it might help with the exposure and make the competition better maybe it'll help with the domestic leagues also you know pushing more money and, and opportunities into those domestic leagues um we'll see uh let's see we had the uh afc asian cup which was won by qatar which you know is really good for them because you know, when they got awarded the um, 2022 World Cup, I know I wasn't the only person thinking, why is Qatar getting the 2022 World Cup? They're not a footballing nation. Not that you have to be in order to host the, the World Cup, because, you know, look at the, the 94 Cup for the U.S. We were not a football nation at that time. And one of the stipulations for us to even get that World Cup is that we would set up a domestic men's league within you know x amount of years and you know it's still thriving now but uh i don't know qatar just it's such a small excuse me cutter it's such a small country um you know plus the extreme temperatures and now they've had to change the world cup so now it's going to be in the winter and that's going to disrupt everything with all the the domestic leagues for teams that are going to be that are going to qualify it's really going to wreak havoc here in europe it's it's going to be absolutely terrible especially for the Premier League, because it's, you know, November to December time frame. Um, but, sorry, yes, Qatar, they actually were able to flex their muscle, um, you know, 
beating the likes of Iran, uh, Australia, China, Japan, South Korea, and they won the, the Asian Cup. You know, congratulations to them. And um, yeah, I mean, now they're getting invited to the Copa America. Um, so it's, it's definitely helping out their team. Um, the Africa Cup of Nations, um, you know, it wasn't a bad tournament. Um, ended up with uh, Algeria winning it, who I definitely didn't um, predict. I definitely thought that Egypt was going to win it, seeing as how they were hosting it. But, um, yeah, congrats to them. Um, Copa America, another great tournament. Um, we got to see Messi get a little feisty. He actually got suspended um, for some matches because of it. Brazil ended up winning it. I thought it was a, an excellent tournament. Um, we also had the CONCACAF Gold Cup which was a disappointment for me as a U.S. fan. But, uh, you know, the teams are coming along. Um, you know, some of the, the smaller teams are getting better. And, you know, I don't know, just more football to enjoy. All right, we also had the UEFA Champions League with Liverpool and their great run. You know, they went down 3-0 against Barcelona in the first leg, and then they ended up going back to Anfield and scoring four to make it to the final. And then, you know, they had... Uh, I would say no issues in the final. Um, you know, they ended up scoring early and uh, champions of Europe, super champions of Europe, and now club World Cup champions. Um, AFC Champions League, we had Al Hilal win it. Copa Libertadores, Flamingo won it. Went on to the um, both teams went on to the club World Cup. Uh, you know, they performed well uh, domestically um, in the the big five in Europe. You know, we there were really no surprises last year. Bayern won the Bundesliga. Barcelona won La Liga. PSG won League One. Liga uh Juventus um, won Serie A. And Manchester City repeated as champions of the Premier League. Um, yeah, the, it seems like this year it's going to be basically the same, with the exception of the Bundesliga. Bayern's not on top right now, but, you know, anything can happen. And Man City, you know, they're sitting in third right now, so... Um, you know, it doesn't seem like all those teams are going to repeat, but it does seem like Barcelona, PSG, and Juventus are more than likely going to win their leagues. Um, in the MLS, we had a shock. We LAFC was the best team in the league all season, and uh, you know, Seattle Sounders ended up winning the title. Um, congratulations to them. You know, it's a playoff system, and you know, the playoffs are they're different from regular season. You know, a lot of people complain about the playoffs, but if you think about it, the Champions League is basically just a playoff system. Um, it just so happens that, you know, with the U.S. Domestic League, because we don't have relegation, promotion, whatever, um, and, you know, it's broken up into two divisions, or excuse me, two conferences, just like American football is, and you're playing for those playoff spots. Playoffs is a totally different season, and just because you were the best team during the regular season does not mean that you're going to win the championship. Um, let's see, the Ballon d'Or... Messi won it for the men, even though Van Dyke, you know, the definitely a strong argument for him potentially winning it. Uh, Megan Rapinoe won it for the women. Uh, she had an amazing World Cup. And, uh, you know, I think I also think that some of her off field stuff actually may have helped helped her to win that because, you know, she did a lot for the sport and a lot for, for you know, women and girls in uh, promoting the game. Um, and then last but not least, the FIFA Club World Cup, Liverpool winning it. And, uh, I don't want to say that being the exclamation point to their 2019 because they still have, you know, matches to play before it ends. But, 
yeah, I mean, 2019 was a uh, was a really great year for football. If you're if you're a football fan, you definitely cannot complain about 2019. All right, so I am going to end the show with my team of the decade. Now I'm going to post this on Instagram also uh, and Twitter, um, so you guys can you know talk about it. We can discuss it or whatever because I'm sure there's going to be some. Uh, some disagreements because it, it was hard for me to come up with this. I was fighting, you know, there was players that I thought that should have made it, but then, you know, it's a team of the decade. It's not just a team of a specific tournament or like a two or three year period. Um, but here's what I got. I have it. It's a, it's a four, three, three formation. Um, I'll start from the back and move up. I got uh, Manuel Neuer in goal. Um, for the four defenders, I have Marcelo, Sergio Ramos, Vincent Company and Danny Alves. Uh, in the midfield, I have Modric, Iniesta, and Busquets. And then up front, I got Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Now, the Zlatan one was kind of hard, but uh, you know, it is a team of the decade. So he's kind of been there this whole time. Obviously, Ronaldo and Messi are going to make it, but uh, yeah. I mean, it, it took me a while to put this together. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was, uh, I don't know. To me, that, that seems like the best team. I understand, you know, there's players that could have, you know, went in because, like, Philip Lom's not on this list, um, you know, and there's others. But uh, that's, that's my team of the decade. That's who I think is who it was, who should have it. And uh, let me know what you guys think. Um, I will put, you know, the contact information in the show notes. And uh, let's debate about it. You know, um, I'm interested to see who other people have for their team of the decade from from 2010 to 2019. Um, and with that, I'm going to end the show. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have a great holiday uh, period. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you guys say, um, just enjoy it. Spend some time with your family. You know, if you get the chance to watch some football uh, during this time period, and also do that and enjoy it with your friends and family. And this will be my last show of the year um so there will be no show next monday but there will be one the following monday um yeah so i'll say merry christmas and uh, happy new year and i'll talk to you guys later thanks for listening 